Hello and welcome to episode four of series five of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. Just a quick introduction, just going to give you a quick heads up on what we've got coming up in future episodes. Next week, we have a bonus episode. So on the 20th of February, we have an extra episode. We normally do fortnightly shows, as you know. We have one coming out just the week after this one, uh, and that is a guest podcast. It's our friends at Infernal, that's spent, spelt with an F, communication, a podcast by Staff Base. We've got a, a bonus episode, which is one of their episodes from from their show that we are uh, republishing on their behalf um, because we like them and they've done the same for us as well. So that's all about myth-busting the hero's journey. It's a full episode, as I say, from the Infernal Communication podcast. Then following on from that, on the 27th of uh, February, I have a, an interview with Michelle Jimma. Michelle is going to be telling us all about the pay gap and how that links into internal communications. You're probably all aware, particularly in the UK, that there's a lot of media coverage at the moment, quite rightly, about the disparity in pay between genders uh, within organisation. And uh, Michelle is an expert in that area and can be telling us all about how we should be thinking about that and including that into our thinking around our internal communications. So really interesting uh, conversation with Michelle. So that's our next couple of episodes coming up. As I say, we've got two uh, coming up in literally a week, one uh, one one. One a week for the next couple of weeks, uh, which is just a, a one-off, uh, as I say, with the uh, with the staff base podcast that we've got putting out. Um, just a quick um, update on interviewees. We've had a lot of interest with people getting in touch with us, asking if they can be on the show, which is fantastic. Thank you for doing that. Uh, so much so that we, we've had to kind of change our process slightly. Um, and so if you do apply to be on the show, if you do want to be on the show and you've sent us an email, you'll, you'll have received a link to complete a quick search survey, just a quick type form survey, just so we can find out a little bit more about you, what you want to talk about, uh, and any any other sort of details as well. So um, if you do reach out to us, expect to get a, a, a survey that we need you to fill in, get that back to us. We will acknowledge that we've received that and we will look to schedule a call with you as soon as possible. So please be patient. We've got interviews now recorded or prepared right up until the middle of the year. So again, just to manage your expectations, if you are looking to be on the show uh, that um, we're probably looking for at least a few weeks to months before we will either re-interviewing you or we will be able to get a show out with your interview on. Anyway, so that's that. Just to give you, I just wanted to give you an update on that uh, situation if you have applied to be on the show. Okay, so let's get into this episode's interview. On the Engaging Internal Comms podcast, we like to think a little bit laterally and think about different ways that we can enhance our internal communications and different areas of, of specialism that we can bring to bear on it. And today we're going to be turning our attention to the world of espionage and we're going to be speaking to a retired spy. Now you might be thinking, well, what's the relationship between espionage and internal communications? But as you're going to find out in this interview, there are many. Espionage and, and being a spy 
and in this case, a, a contact handler in a war zone involved being able to build a rapport, being able to communicate what's going on, being able to take information and feed it back, and also being able to build strong relationships with, with people. Um, and uh, we're going to be finding out some really fascinating stories about our guests' background. They're going to be telling us all about how the importance of building awareness of your environment, your situation, yourself and your legacy are an important part of working in that arena. And we're also going to be finding about how this particular person has applied what they learned in that world of espionage to business and how they're now using that to help leaders to be more effective communicators, not to do not to do spying on their employees, but to use the communication skills that are required when you work in that arena to be more effective communicators and more effective leaders. So it's a fascinating conversation in a world that probably many of us have never really uh, delved into or never have never had the opportunity to um, with a guest who is uh, very experienced, but also, is, as I say, is now applying that outside of the world of espionage into the world of business. So I hope you find this a really interesting interview. My guest today is JJ Brunn. JJ is a seasoned veteran of the intelligence branch of the Canadian Armed Forces, who served with distinction as a contact handler on, on the ground in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Years within the discrete world of human intelligence and counterintelligence have driven JJ's desire to understand human behavior's intricacies and pass on the complex notion of interpersonal communication. JJ now works with business leaders and organizations who want to learn how decoding human capital can gain them a competitive edge in business and in their personal lives. And all of this by thinking like a retired spy. So hello, JJ, how are you? I am great. So you, uh, I mentioned then that you're in the, you, you were in the, in the Canadian armed forces. So you are in Canada just for our listeners. Whereabouts in Canada are you please? Uh, I'm 10 kilometers from downtown Ottawa. So our national capital city is Ottawa. I'm just across the river in the province of Quebec. If you know a little bit of uh, Ottawa, it's divided by a river. So Ottawa is in the Ontario province, but Gatineau is on the Quebec province. Just for the sake of our viewers, just say that I'm from Ottawa. It's easy from, to find. From Ottawa, yeah. And you said you're having your first snows of the season there. So uh, Yes, this week uh, there, we got two snowfalls, so the ground is not frozen yet. So it, it, it basically turns all white, then all muddy. So we're getting into that season. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm sure it's not, but it it it, uh, it, it paints a picture anyway. So uh, JJ, I, I I kind of gave a very canned history of a, what 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 sounds like a fascinating uh, backstory to what you're doing now and and where you've come from. Do you would tell us a little bit more about about your 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 career and and how that's led to you, you to what you're doing now? That just elaborates on what I mentioned there at the beginning, please. Well. I I had two career. Um, the first one in the military where I served over 20 years. So uh, I had a fight with dad when I was at university uh, and I was tired of being told what to do. So <laughs> <laughs> I left I left home and I joined the military and that, that makes a good Hollywood movie. Um, I was just my, my temperament style, my personality, my character. Um, I was just... Um, I guess I didn't like to be told what to do, but then it does make any sense that you join the military. <laughs> yeah. How, however, um, to find out that I'm, I was wired, 
as in uh, for that, uh, that line of work. So within the military, I did uh, five years with the combat arms. So I was with the uh, French regiment, so the Royal 22nd Regiment, Le Royal 22 Um We often refer to them as the Vendus. So I did five years with them. And my first operational tour uh, in Cyprus uh, was peacekeeping with the, uh, the 3rd Battalion of the Royal 22nd Regiment. And then uh, after five years, uh, I sensed that I needed to uh, prolong my career because I was very hard on myself uh, physically. And uh, I decided to uh, change branch or change trade. And um, what interested me was the intelligence branch, um, the, the mystique, the unknown, um, all that area. So I got, uh, I got accepted and then I finished you know, 15 years. And so I have a total of 20 years in the military, five with the combat arms, 15 within the intelligence branch. And the last 10 years of the intelligence branch, I specialized in the field of human intelligence. So that's where I got my second tour. Uh, it was peacemaking in Bosnia. And my claim to fame back then was to be the first one selected uh, for the role of a contact handler. So I was sent over to the UK uh, to be trained as a contact handler, a uh, multicultural um, team that was there. We had, uh, I think seven different nationalities on that course. I being uh, the Canadian represented. And then from there deployed into that hostile environment where we had to cultivate sources, determine people's attentions and modify their behaviors without the use of any Jedi mind tricks. Ah, right. Uh, yeah. And, so, and, uh, and so that contact handling then, I guess we've all, you know, as, as civilians, we probably have an idea of what that, what that looks like. And you've kind of given a little flavor of that. What, what, what would, what would a typical day look like for an intelligence officer stroke contact handler? I mean, I'm sure there were no typical days, but, but give me an idea of some of the things that you'd be involved in there. Jay. Well, we would be uh, operating in a safe house. So for us back then, we were operating in the, um, in a villa in Medjugorje, um, we wouldn't be doing it the way that it was done back then today because uh, the risk would be too high because we were in uniform back then we were in uniform uh living in the uh the local population and medjugorje is a, a religious site that uh, uh wasn't too uh, affected by the war in bosnia and then we would go and play in downtown mostar so the role of a contact handler is to build relationships uh, with uh, officials or non-official members uh, to determine um, their behaviors or uh, discern their behaviors, if you wish, in regards to what's going on on the terrain so that we can then inform the commanding officers uh, in regards to what's happening on the terrain so they can make an informed decisions and uh, provide the proper resources uh, around in that operating that theater of operations to maintain the peace. So a contract handler is really, a, it's all about networking. If you think about it, it's mastering the art of interpersonal relationships. So that was scary for me because I, I went to the spy school in the UK and I learned all the mechanics of being a contact handler. Um, but it sure would have been nice if I had learned this in high school. Uh, how, do, how, do you, how do you build relationships by design and not by chance across cultures? Is there something common? Uh, do we have something in common? Uh, how do you make that initial connection? Uh, how do you start a conversation? How do you continue conversation? How do you remember that conversation? So it, it was a, a big learning curve. Uh, 
And it's funny, I had to go into a hostile environment, a war zone, to better understand how to actually build relationships at home uh, with my family members and friends and colleagues. So it, it, it has paid off. So 20 years in the military, and now um, I've, I'm now in my 25th year running uh, DHC training solutions. So the DHC stands for decoding human capitals. How do you go about decoding one's preferred communication style? So it's all about mastering the art of interpersonal skill sets. Mm. So fascinating. Uh, it's 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 I I couldn't have planned this as in this was my big strategic plan. <laughs> uh, you know, when you're in high school, you don't think about you know, you know well you're often asked, hey, what do you want to be? What do you want to do after high school? And it's not, it's not like, well, I want to be a retired spy. That's yeah. what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't have that, that goal. So there's that we, we do lack a lot of awareness in regards to, um, our strengths, what we bring, uh, our blind spots are where we tend to struggle and having that awareness gives you an edge in business or in personal life. So I'm a big advocate of find a model. Out of the 100 model plus that exists to better understand human capital, you know, Myers-Briggs, True Colors, the NEO, the MMPI, the BERT, like you have so, so many models out there. Find yours, pick one and master it. And, and that's what I've done. I, as in, I'm, I use the four temperament model of human behavior and it helps me to better understand people and, and understand how to decode one's preferred communication style and then basically say the same thing in in a different way so that they can receive it and not resist it yeah it yeah. makes a big difference yeah. um, so and i'm still at it and i'm still enjoying it i get a chance to travel all around the world now and 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 training and teaching and accrediting and certifying people uh in how to utilize that that model that in their part, business or in yeah. their personal life yeah. So, so, I mean, you, 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 thank you. That was, that was very, very concise, but also very, very, um, you know, kind of inform informative. So in terms of you, you said you, you, you had to learn to be able to, um, handle people, deal with people, build rapport with people. Um, and, and, and you, you, you know, you had to, you couldn't use Jedi mind tricks and you couldn't use any, any kind of underhand, uh, technique. So, so is it, is, was this your first immersion in this idea that, you know, we, I need to change my style of communication to get the best out of these people? Or was that part of the training that you had? Or was it a bit of a mixture of both? Oh, it was not part of the training. The, no. training, the training teaches you the mechanics of a contact handler. Because a contact handler has to uh, set up a meeting with the individual, has to travel to uh, safely to that locale, uh, has to provide cover for the team, or you are the member inside. Uh, that uh, you you have to learn how to do an extraction. You know, as a, how would you take somebody uh, off the street without people noticing? Um, you know that uh, how do you gain information? How do you gain? So you go through all of the uh, the mechanics of what I felt was missing um, for them is to teach us how to be better actors or how to utilize a model to better understand like if i'm meeting with a contact whether it's an official in an official capacity or an official capacity would say uh he's the uh the mayor of uh, of mostar or um 
and on an unofficial capacity would be that uh, you're the gatekeeper at the of, of, of a parking lot. Uh, everyone has value. Everyone has information. Everyone has a message. Everyone wants to tell a story. You just have to provide them an opportunity for, for them to share their story. Everybody wants to talk all the time. You just have to find their hot button. So how would you go about engaging into a conversation? Well, I didn't learn that uh, at, at, the, at the spy school. I had to learn that on my own because I'm, I'm a fan of re, re, like um, um, I'm a big reader. So um, I have my own 10 questions um, that I use as in the 10 most effective feel-good ice-breaking questions. So if you master those questions, you will always be able to engage into a conversation with anyone, anywhere, anytime. So I'm like, well, I can memorize that. I'll never have enough time to ask the 10 questions. But the 10 questions are very much open-ended questions. And there's also a three, four, five approach that I have. See, I'm very systematic and it's sad. <laughs> yeah. It's sad because I'm very task-oriented in everything that I do in the military. Love that in the combat arms and, and, and in the intelligence branch. But now I was being asked to go on the people side and to build relationships and to care and to show my feelings. And it's like, how do you do that? So that's not necessarily how I'm wired. So I had to learn. I'm just curious. Well, you know how, and then you make a, so you're, I'm looking to make a, a connection and they go, yes. Would it be okay if, oh, I'm getting by him and to set up a meeting for the meeting. So then it's the, I'm just curious, how did you ever get interested in the widget business? So the first case, case that I was provided, uh, we had branded him as the self-declared mayor of Mostar. He wasn't the mayor, but he's sort of like acted as if he was. He was the Al Capone, if you wish, the, the thug that really run the whole city. And I was um, to be his best friend. So it was, it was stressful. And when I just opened up, I'm just curious. And when you say those three words, your subconscious mind tends to stay open. Oh, what are you curious about? And then from there, I asked the first question, how did you ever get interested in politics? I just replaced the word widget. How did you ever get interested in, in the widget business? How did you ever get interested in politics? And, and then, because if you ask that question, people will talk 10, 10, 15 minutes nonstop. Now, in his case, he talked for 35 minutes nonstop. He's just kept on going and going. And I just don't remember what he said. I remember his first line. He said, well, you know, I am an educated man. And I'm like, who says that? Well, in that <laughs> culture, in that culture, education puts you at a, yeah at a higher level that you should respect me because I am educated. I'm yeah. not a, a common. F so he wanted to be edified. And, I, and so you cannot not communicate everything that you say has value. And then from there you can assess where you're actually at and what is his preferred communication style. And then when you look at it, there's really just four, four approaches. You can communicate in a firm manner. You can communicate in a fun matter. You can communicate in a friendly matter, or you can communicate in a factual matter when connecting matters. So I discerned how to decode one's preferred communication style. And then from there, I now teach it with others because rapport is such a, it's a key area. And, and this is in business or in your personal life. 
It's the highest state of relatability you can have between two people. Rapport is where they say yes to you. Rapport is where they sign that, that multi-million dollar contract. It, it doesn't happen by accident. It takes effort to get to rapport. Mm. Now, part of that journey is that you're going to have to establish trust or trust is given. Um, so there's, there's two different, uh, access. It's very much like climbing a ladder. If you climbing a ladder requires effort and energy, building rapport requires effort and energy on what their, their ladder has two, two legs. So let's just say on, on the left side, that's a task. That's a task. As in, if you're going to establish trust with people that are more task oriented, trust is earned based on proof. So I'm going to have to work at it to get them to trust me. But on the people side, trust is, it tends to be given by faith. They'll give it to you until you lose it. So it just comes in a different. So in business, I saw over there, and, and it applies here also, if I was going to do work with you and you're very task-oriented, uh, you, you must first trust me. Then that's earned. But if you're on the people side, and if I'm going to do business with you, uh, you f- you must first like me. Yeah. So I have to build a relationship first. Once I have a relationship with you, then you will trust me with your personal yeah, information. Yeah, yeah. But on the task side, once I have earned your trust, you will see that I have value and you will want to have a relationship, but it's more of a professional relationship or a partnership with me. Yeah. So trust comes in. And relationship comes in at, at, at a different state, but you need to know before you show. You need to decode one's preferred communication style so that you can climb that ladder, or else you're going to miss a rung. And when, you know what happens when we miss a rung when you climb that ladder? <laughs> yeah, it can be painful. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, you don't. It's all the way down. And there's a thing in sales. They they say that uh, when a client loses your trust. It's easier to find a new client than it is to, uh, yeah, to try to regain re- that trust. Yeah, yeah because yeah, it takes yeah. so much time to build to rebuild trust, it. Yeah. and it just takes a moment in time to lose it. So, so it, yeah, in these relationships that you were forming then, and, and again, because I think I, I want to go into the kind of the, the application angle of this, but I'm just intrigued about, about, about how many of those kind of relationships that you were striking up, you know, with these contacts were was it a, a kind of a, a mutual exchange of, of value or was it that you were trying to extract something from them and you know it was it was more kind of was it a symbiotic conversation or and i guess again there i guess it varied from different people from different people but it, i'm not i'm not suggesting you know there was there was any impropriety but how how did that how did that work in that relationship because often in a workplace relationship or a business relationship there's an exchange of you know i'm going to give you something of value you're going to give them you know they're going to give me some money for it if it's if it's that sort of relationship was there a was there a um, or was it purely that you're just trying to extract something from them that you need and the, the only thing they're getting from this is this sort of trust and, and rapport with you? Well, from from the get go, we we're taught at um, I call it the spy school, but um, I've got this idea of this school with the spy school written outside. Of well, it. it's like, it's because the the um, <laughs> the barrack does not exist anymore in the UK because you uh, you built a you built a tunnel, uh, and uh, the tunnel went right underneath the base. Okay, <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> so it uh, so the base got uh, moved to uh, Chicksands. Okay. Uh, so, but we were taught uh, from the beginning. Um, 
that you don't you don't pay for information because if you start paying for information uh, they just give you a lot of information. The more information they give you, the more money that they're going to get back. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you don't evaluate. So it's something that I was taught that you don't pay for information. Yeah. You do. And, I, and I wasn't implying that it was, you know, I was more around, it was there an exchange of value, not necessarily financial. You know, there is, yeah, there is an exchange yeah. of value mm. because um, they want their voice heard. Right. So as an example, that self-declared mayor of, uh, of Mostar, uh, my name being French, Jean-Jacques Joseph Brun, and I, and I went by JJ. Uh, it was, I, was, I was branded by a British colleague. They couldn't pronounce Jean, but they could say Jean-Jacques. Hey, Jean-Jacques. <laughs> uh, and then one day a British colleague came into the, uh, the ops room, and uh, he needed something on my desk, and he said, hi, Jai-Jai. Yeah. And, I, and I connected the dots. We were only us in, in the room, and I'm like, yeah. So, and I got branded JJ. So if you don't brand yourself, somebody else will. So it was a working name. Now with that self-declared mayor of Mostar, because we were working through an interpreter, um, he got the idea that I was from Quebec, mm. that I was born and raised in Quebec. And that uh, for some reason that Quebec wants to separate from Canada, that I'm a separatist, that I want to separate from Canada. That was never provided to him. I'm not a separatist. Mm. Uh, I was born and raised in, in Northern Ontario. I'm a Canadian first. I have the maple leaf tattooed on my chest. So in case you find my body, you know that I'm not an American, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, I didn't feel obligated to correct him mm. because he, you know, when you are interacting with people, you're, you're going to do, you're either going to complete that interaction or compete with that interaction. And the two words are very, very similar. Just one has a letter L in it. And so how would you go about com completing uh, for a win-win? Well, the L stands for find a common link, a common like, and a common love. If you can find that common link, common like, common love, you'll make a connection. Mm, okay. Now, he wanted to separate from the Federation because his group were the hardliners. So you're working in Bosnia, Herzegovina, uh, but for him, uh, that area was Herzeg Bosnia. So, and they wanted to separate from the Federation. And he's the one that said, you uh, understand us, you want to separate from Canada, you're going to talk to your general on our behalf. And I'm become his voice. So whatever concern he has, I bring to my to my general. I bring to the, and that's sort of like the exchange uh, that you have. As in, you're there to to get to know what's going on, on the ground. You provide some some information in regards to uh, the Dayton agreement, what everyone's agreed on, and we're on the same boat. Uh, but you are building a relationship, you are having. And what happened is that for me, because he was a Herzeg Bosnia and the other uh, people that we were uh, also cultivating as in or building relationships with, um, that became a problem. So I was no longer talking to the Serbs. Uh, I was no longer talking to the Croats. Uh, I was only talking to the hardliner Croats. So no longer talking to the Muslim Serbs. So I became a, uh, a contact handler for one specific group, Herzeg Bosnia, uh, pro-Herzeg Bosnia, uh, so that they had a voice. Of course, we would be debriefing everything that was happening um, at the safe house so that all the other teams would be aware uh, 
Mm. I just became very, very focused into an area of um, not so nice people. Mm. They just mm. were not, not uh, at all your, um, you, you wouldn't bring them to mom and dad. No, no, uh, no. No. So they, they had a voice. They had a way of getting the message through me to go. And then you had to be able to uh, quid pro quo, as in I'll, I'll, I'll share you some information, you share me some information, but you have to be careful. There's a fine line because you can't promise anything. No. You can't promise them that you're going to get them a, a passport. You can't promise them that you're going to get them a vehicle. You can't promise them any money. You can't promise them anything. And you let them know. Mm. But people still want to talk. I remember mm. there was uh, one time we were invited for a um, – a, uh, a supper, a gathering, and uh, and we had no comms. As in, this was an area that we were not going to have any comms, and uh, we're and it's like, okay, we're going to have to have uh, checkpoints where after two hours uh, we need to go into a certain area to connect with somebody to let somebody know to let somebody know to let somebody know that we're all, we're still okay. Yeah, it, it was it was it, you wouldn't do it this way because we didn't have any comms back then. It was a multicultural. Uh, organization. It was not an all Canadian. I was not a win an all Canadian unit. And we were there at, at, at that supper and uh, it, they were, they were very much family, but everybody, Craig, everybody had their assigned seating mm. as in the, uh, the propaganda guy that's uh, the, that talks on the radio was completely on my, uh, at the end of the, of the conference table on my right. Uh, the thug that was going to break my legs uh, were on my right. Uh, the self-declared mayor sat right in front of me, the Franciscan priest, uh, mentor, old crusty. <laughs> he was so old, uh, right there on his left. Uh, I, Hey, by pure accident, by pure coincidence, I had somebody that spoke French to me on my left. Uh, the interpreter was on my right. And then I had my business partner, a German, Hey, pure coincidence. Just beside my German partner, there was somebody that spoke German. Everybody had their seating assignment. And it was funny how the whole goal was to get us drunk because they were serving us a wine in our water glass and they were just tanking it up every time you turn your head. Uh, and the self-declared mayor was always adding mineral water to his wine. <laughs> uh, and, and I looked at that and I'm like, I'm not going to last the evening if they keep on doing this because in that culture, they evaluate you by how much you drink right. and how much you eat. Yeah, And we'll see if you're going to come back. Uh, you know, if you're invited a second time, you're not, uh, you're uh, out of the ordinary. So, and we were uh, invited three times very good. Uh, for the, so it, it, uh, it was different. It was very, very different in regards to understanding that people don't do things to you. They do things to themselves. Everybody has a story. Everybody wants to talk. And if you can provide them that opportunity for them to share their story, uh, they will. They will tell you. Yeah. And so you you can really master the art of interpersonal skills uh, by having a model of reference. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, you can go to the, our website. You can take a a, a free uh, course. As in, we I, I've actually put one up uh, just for that, uh, so that people can do it both in French or in English. Because in Canada, we have to have, have you to have, to have both. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So that's a pain for me in my business, <laughs> but uh, but it, you know what? It's okay. Uh, but um. I wish I would have had this one in high school. It sure would help with my relationships with mom and dad and my brother and understanding. Yeah. Uh, but then again, your mess is your message, right? So I had to go through all those character building moments. 
And then your mission, if you so choose to accept it, is to share with others what you've learned. And that's what I've been doing now with our company, DHC Training Solutions. Yeah. It's just showing them uh, how to master the art of interpersonal skill sets. Uh, you know, if you don't know the, the 10 most effective feel-good icebreaking questions, you can get a copy on our website. Uh, they're all there. So that people can actually use it and uh, you know, in their business or in their personal life. So. Awesome. So, I mean, I, I do want to kind of just, just you know, kind of spend a few minutes just talking about that, that side of it, JJ, because I mean, that, that, that side, you know, your, 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 your kind of ministry stories are fantastic. And and, and uh, I could talk to you about those all day. But, but you know, just taking this now into a kind of a, a more mainstream situation and you men- you've mentioned a couple of times now about the the questions and we will put those links in by the way that you mentioned uh, in there i'll put those into the show notes i'll cover that off at the end but yeah you've mentioned a couple of times now about these questions but also just just taking what you you learn or or, or that distillation of what you learn and then and then kind of putting that into a kind of civilian context um and you know, and, and and a lot of the people listening to this podcast will be, you know, kind of working with senior people within organisations, influencing them, maybe coaching them a little bit, helping them to improve their own communication style and their voice in terms of how they communicate with their employees. You know, whether that's face to face or whether that's through written communications. Um, just 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 give us a a, a flavour for what are some of the things that that you've learned over the years that the the leaders or or anybody in an organization who has to influence and and lead people and 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 kind of build consensus and 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 build a worldview of of where the organization's going and that you you should come with us on this journey all of those different complex situations that leaders find themselves in just 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 tell us a little bit about what you've learned about influence, influencing people and all of your human capital, decoding human capital work, JJ, that could that, that kind of pl- apply in those situations. I know that's a big ask in, in a few minutes, but if you can just kind of give us a t- distillation <laughs> of that. That's like kind of, t- re- tell us all about like kind of the Encyclopedia Britannica and I mean, you've got five minutes to do it. So, but, Five but, minutes? Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I no, only you have- you've got a little bit longer than that. But no, I but, but just, 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 I'm just really interested in that ap- ap- application from a you know, kind of practical perspective on a day-to-day basis all of those things that you kind of self-taught yourself and then now are teaching others to, to use well i only had uh 95 slides to show you <laughs> but you can't because i say yeah. that's why i do an yeah. audio podcast you see you've got it's to so do wise. power of voice so the power of the voice i i just for me i've just discerned that there's 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 four levels of awareness that, that a leader must be made aware of mm. you know you cannot be aware of something until you first made aware um, so number one is environmental awareness. Number two is situational awareness. Number three, and I think it's the most important one, is self-awareness that will lead you to number four, which is legacy awareness, as in that's the, that's the end state. So if I was to define environmental awareness as a moment in time where you discover and experience something new. So we go to school, we go in that, that's environmental awareness. Um, so after high school, I went to university. After university, uh, I went into the military. Military also has school systems in there, programs that you learn. Uh, you learn how to, you know, uh, first aid. You learn uh, how, a military drill. And that's mm. not using a drill, but it's actually learning how to walk. I forgot about that one one time. <laughs> um, and um, the uh, learning how to you know, uh, fire a weapon. 
So mm. there's different types of weapons and uh, you, you pay attention when you have to throw grenades. So that's environmental awareness. It's the moment in time where you discover, experience something new. So when I went to spy school in the UK, um, I was, uh, as a contact handler, I discovered, experienced something new. Mm. Situational awareness is a moment in time where you get to apply what you've discovered in and experience in environmental awareness. So situational mm -hmm. awareness as is a moment in time where you're actually foot on the ground. Nothing will prepare you to go into a war zone. Mm -hmm. um, so when you go, like I, not, not too long ago, uh, I went to Berlin. Well, I had a picture in my mind what Berlin is, but it's nothing like uh, I read everything on Berlin, so that's environmental awareness. But when I got there, that's situational awareness. So once I was there, I could discern what can and cannot be done during that week in Berlin. Mm -hmm. That's situations where you get to apply what you've discovered and experienced in environmental awareness. Self-awareness is, is a moment in time where you discover your strengths and you understand how to protect yourself from yourself in times of need. So we are all wired differently. And like I said before, there's many models out there. Pick one, find one. Discover your strengths, right? And stay in it. If you stay true to your core values, to your strengths, you will never burn out mm. because you're wired for something. You're wired to make a difference in people's lives based on, on your strengths. Your strengths will carry you. Your lowest traits should concern you. I, I use the four temperament model of human behavior. Mm. You pick your model that you want to use. I'm not a, each model was designed for a specific application. Uh, so I have over 30,000 hours in the four temperament. I'm an executive master trainer in it. I certify people. I train other people to become master trainers. I've just invested a lot of time into that one behavioral tools. Mm. So pick yours, find yours, but that's self-awareness. But the key here, I haven't seen anyone that succeeds in legacy awareness that does not have a strong sense of self. Mm. Because legacy awareness is that that's the moment in time where everything you've invested in your, your life outlives your life. And that's what people want. We want to make a difference in people's lives. We want to leave that mark uh, that our life mattered at one point. I've noticed that um, in today's time, uh, we tend to navigate more into what I would call um, the environmental hostility spectrum. Mm. Uh, big words. As in, it just seems that there's just it's a little bit more hostility in everything. You're, you're with us or you're against us. And it's like, oh, why can't I just be in the middle? Why <laughs> do I have to be on one side or the other side? So how do you navigate through life? So there's this spectrum. I call it the environmental hostility spectrum. And if you navigate yourself completely on, on, on the right side of that, so if you're looking down, let's say, on a piece of paper and you have a half a moon, on the left side, let's say, of the environmental hostility spectrum, that th those 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 are, are more the the task oriented uh, persona, if you wish. Yeah, um, they could be fast paced, they could be slower paced, but they're very very task focused. Uh, they like for you to report uh, uh, and, and and not relate. They they want you to uh, they see you as value and, and not necessarily as caring for you. Uh, they think things through. Uh, they're they're very task oriented, but they navigate on that edge. Now, completely on the right side of that spectrum, that's the people-oriented side, persona. Mm. Now, if you're at that edge, well, you like to relate to people. You don't like to report to people. You like mm. to relate with them. You care about people. You don't value people. You care about people. 
you know, and, and you feel and it, uh, versus think about things. Mm. So we, when we're navigating on these edges, what happens is when you get a rogue wave or you get you know, life's character building moment, it pushes you in the rocks. It will, you'll beach that craft. And you have to learn to navigate from the center of the environmental hostility spectrum, not on the edges. So you can tack your way through because when you're able to see uh, the, you know, you're sailing, you're able to see the, the environment that you're in, you're able to adapt. It's like decoding one's preferred communication style. I look, I look at the two P's as in uh, what's the pace perspective here of this individual? Mm -hmm. Are they fast pace? Are they slower pace? That gives me an edge. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, uh, that self-declared mayor. Oh, well, I think he's in a little bit more fast pace and everything. So, okay. Now it's like, okay, fast pace. Uh, hmm. Is he leaning more on the task side of thing or does he lean more on the people side of thing? Well, you know, he's not Mr. Smiley. Uh, does, you know, his physiology does not show me a lot of people traits, uh, but his physiology does. And the words he chooses to use shows me a lot of hmm, potential Task traits. Hmm, I'm sensing he's from that yeah. deep persona quadrant. And okay, so if, if that person is a little bit more outgoing and task oriented, I will need to communicate to that person in a firm manner. That that's what that's their preference. Mm. But if they're more outgoing and people, no, they will need for me to communicate in a fun manner. Oh, well, if they're more reserved in people, well, that's gonna have to be friendly. I'm gonna have to, you know, slow down and and, and be more kind and, and change my tone and friendly. Oh, if they're more reserved and very task oriented, oh, just a facts. So I'm going to have to talk into a factual matter. So by decoding one's preferred communication style, the two Ps, there's always a pace perspective. There's always a priority perspective. It gives you a start point of finding the persona that best that they will best respond to. Mm. But the key here is to be able to say the same thing in four different ways. Mm. Can you say it in a firm manner? That self-declared mayor of Mostar, I started in the F quadrant. I said I'm in the friendly quadrant. I just wanted to be the friendliest person ever. And and then he would, you know, he would put his hand up at me. You know, he would stop looking at the interpreter who would put his hand up at me and would say, I know who you are mm. and I know what you do. And and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, he's just challenging me. So I go back into my cover story, you know, deep dive even more, blah, blah, blah. And for the second time, he stops looking at the interpreter. He puts his hand up and looks at me straight in the eyes again and says, I know who you are and I know what you do. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's not going to be strike three here. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just yeah. I just looked at it and said, well, then let's get down to business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went from friendly to firm. Yeah. And that's where we made the connection yeah. because then he saw that, okay, I can speak his language. And then he opened up. Um, his um, his circle of influence. Yeah, yeah. At that point, so there's a there's an there's an uh, an edge that you can get uh, when you can discern one's preferred communication style. When you can say the same thing in four different ways. Hey, and you can also use this for your kids. Yeah, because you wouldn't raise them the same way because they're not wired the same way. Mm -hmm. My son is not wired the same way as my daughter. Um, and I had a fight with dad when I was. Uh, yeah, I left home when I was 20, and uh, my son left uh, when he was 25. My daughter left when she was 25, uh, under control. So it's not because we had a fight. It yeah, was, yeah. We so you you learn from that, uh, from your past, so that uh, it doesn't duplicate itself. 
Fantastic. Well, look, JJ, I mean, again, I, I, I literally could speak to you all day. It's fascinating. Um, you've, you've given us a lot of ideas and thoughts and some frameworks there. And I know you did reference that, that you had some uh, resources that were available. So if we redirect, if we direct people to the retired spy.com, is that, is that the best place to, to discover all of these, uh, uh tools and ideas? Absolutely. They yeah. retired spy.com. And, um, there's also a place in there that you can connect as in, you can see my calendar, which part of the world I'm at. So if you wanted to share coffee. Excellent. I'll have to do that. I'll, 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 next time you're in, in the UK, you must let me know. And uh, and and uh, if if it's, I know it's easy to say, but yeah, it'd be really lovely to meet up with you. And and finally, also the, the, the your LinkedIn profile, which is coincidentally the retired spy. Um, I'll put that link in there into into the show notes as well. Um, JJ, just before we we wrap up, I guess you know, just just one final question. W- one thing. The so any anyone who's listening to this show, you, you, you know that you haven't covered already. That one lesson, one key thing that you've learned about life and communication and and in, and, in, and engaging with people from your your time either in the military or or, or after that, because I know you, you you you've been out of the military longer now than you were in the military. So it's sort of uh, uh, you you've got equally rich life experiences post military. But what one one kind of communication tip that that someone can try you know this afternoon or today or whenever they're listening to this podcast or tomorrow if they're if it's the evening time just one little thing that that, that maybe from your kind of uh, your broad range of experiences jj that someone could apply for well when communication breaks down mm. and it will blame the process not the people People don't do things to you. They do things for themselves. They have different needs, different expectations. So you're not talking the same language. So when communication breaks down, and mm. it will, yeah. it will, just blame the process, yeah. not, the, not the people. This way you'll have an opportunity to come back mm. and so not burn that bridge. So it's kind of like almost, yeah, it, 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 I, I was always taught, you know, communication is the effect that it has, you, you know, and if, you, if the effect is not the right effect that you were looking for, then you haven't communicated properly. So it's kind of owning that uh, mm-hmm. the process and, 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 and not blaming the person because they haven't done what you wanted them to do or not responded in the way that you expected them to, yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, look, JJ. I'm sorry we 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 you know we kind of run out of time uh, for, for 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 reasons we discussed before this uh, uh, the conversation starts. So I'm really really grateful. I think you, you know it's a fascinating topic. Uh, I'm kind of uh, I do have a tendency to sort of be drawn towards my own personal areas of interest, and and uh, but hopefully our, you know my listeners, our listeners, kind of find that equally compelling and interesting. I think a fascinating you know, kind of uh, when we hear stories about, you know, your life and in, in the military and obviously the work that you're doing now. And, and and I think it gives us an insight into a world that many of us, you know, kind of uh, think we know about, but obviously don't. But also how that has applicability, you know, in our modern challenged worlds, as you said, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of polarization and, and adversarial ways of dealing with people. And I think this whole you know, topic of influencing and taking people with us is is is, is, is an art that that we we need to embrace, and I think your work is is clearly helping a lot of people to do that. So I thank you so much for what you're doing, but also thank you for sharing with us with that with us in this this uh, this short conversation, JJ. My pleasure, and congratulations on your fourth season, my friend. 
Thank you. Soon to yes. be fifth. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. In fact, in fact, I think at the time your this episode goes out, we will be into that fifth season. So yeah, so uh, mm. yeah, what started out as a lockdown, uh, a kind of adventure and a and a bit of a trial and error thing is uh, is sort of getting into now four four years since. So yeah, so that that's uh, yeah. Hey, but you you know, like you say, if you don't try things, you don't know what you, you your passions are, and you you yeah. kind of sort of keep yourself in your box. So yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, JJ. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, in February, if you uh, if you want to connect, I'll be in Cancun uh, from the third to the tenth of uh, February, twenty twenty four, running a uh, training program over there. So okay, yeah, and that's so. Cancun in Mexico. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have a good yeah. exchange. So <laughs> <laughs> there's actually a direct flight from from where I live now. That really, it's a small oh. provincial airport, but. But My again, gosh. you know, usually kind of Paris, Amsterdam, London, but now they've yeah. put a flight onto Cancun. So there you, you go. You should come. We have a membership there. So it's the Moon Palace. And okay. you get you get $1,500 of uh, credits for massage, manicure, pedicure. And it's beautiful. And then we just spend three afternoons together in a, for a business growth or a uh, um, the uh, disc uh, for couples. So it's a yeah. couples retreat, a workshop for couples or how to grow your business. So fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, it's something that uh, uh, other people, because up in Canada in February, we, we, we want to go someplace where it's warm. Where it's warm and not snowing and yeah. Cold, yeah, ridiculously cold. So, yeah. 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 So. Anyway, well, look, thank you for that offer. And uh, and again, if you, if you yeah. want me to put a link into that, into the show notes, I, I'll do that for you, JJ. And and uh, if anyone's interested in a, all expenses paid to, no, I'm not only joking, a trip to Cancun, then, uh, then yeah. More, yeah, that'd be great. Look, JJ. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of the, I know we're recording this in 2023 and the, this is going to be out in 2024, but enjoy the rest of this year and obviously 2024 as well. And uh, thank you so much for, as I say, for sharing your insights and your wisdom. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Craig. My pleasure. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.